Did you know that mm-hmm. some people don't believe the book of Esther should be in the Bible? Are you serious? Yeah. Why? Do you know the book of Esther makes no mention anywhere of God? Really? There's no mention of God in the book of Esther. But, I mean, how is there's that? There's mention of prayer, Uh huh. but there's no mention of God. But is that really a good enough criterion to oh, of course the not. book? Of course not. The, the, the whole the whole book is about the providence and direction yeah. of God, and, and and you know Esther's devotion to God, and Mordecai's devotion to God, and this particular individual's the Agagite. You can is, see the leading of God everywhere through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the book of Esther is a type of um, of the uh, you know of the end of, of the end of time and, and the experience of God's people at the end of time when uh, you know the death decree goes out in Revelation chapter thirteen. So there's a whole parallel between the Book of Esther and Revelation chapter thirteen. Ah, oh, that's amazing because then we can look at the Book of Esther and be like, God saves the people, then He will same way save us at the end of times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amen. Okay, so we've got Samuel here who's called through with an answer to the quiz. Oh, uh, morning, Samuel. Hello. Hello. Hello, Samuel. How are you this morning? Uh, great, thanks. You? Yeah, good. So you've got an answer for our quiz today? Uh, yeah, definitely. Who do you think it is? Hayden. Yeah, good job. Hayden, the Agagite. Well done. Well done. Samuel, how old are you? Do you mind me asking? Oh, 12. Oh, 12 years old and his Bible knowledge is on fleek. I love it. Congratulations, Samuel. Are you on your way to school? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, not yet. Well, when you get there, you can tell all your friends that you won the Faith FM prize. We're going to send you the soy in Eastern Melbourne. You're really going to enjoy that. And congratulations again and good job. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, that was Samuel right there, and so it's great to have a uh, a, a 12-year-old yeah. showing up everybody else yeah, this morning. Yeah. We have had an 8-year-old, but yeah, 12-year-old, That's I love it when kids go through. <laughs> Show, showing the adults how it's done. Good that's job, it, Samuel. Love it. it. Fantastic. All right, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about the quick and the dead today. The quick and the dead. We are. We're talking about the quick and the dead. <laughs> this week we've been studying out the, uh, the the return of Jesus, the second coming. And today we're going to talk about the quick and the dead. And today we're going to talk about the quick and the dead, apparently. You know, you know, you know the, the popular saying, the quick and the dead? Yeah, yeah. You know that's a biblical saying, right? It is, is it really? Let me read it to you from the Bible. Here oh, you go. go on, go, go on. Okay, let me see here. Um... Acts chapter 10 and verse 42, the Bible says, And he commanded us to preach unto the people, and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Oh. <laughs> I always thought it had something to do with like a restaurant or a movie or something like that. The quick no, and that's the a dead. Bible quote right there. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I love how English, um, the etymology of the human race really has been so influenced by the Bible. So many okay, things. Okay. Do you know what the word quick used to mean when the King James Version was written? Oh, it had something else. It, had, let me, like, it did not yeah, mean the speed. Quick. Yeah. Uh, no, I've forgotten. Okay, let me read a um, another verse here that will give you a little bit of context. This is John chapter 5 and verse 21. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Brings them back to life? Absolutely. Quick ah. means alive. Ah, okay, so the quick and the dead. Okay, I means get it. Means the living and the dead, see? 
Is it because Bible of today's Bible study is the living and the dead? The living and the dead. <laughs> do you reckon it has something to do with you know when we're being quick, when running around fast? It sort of shows that we're definitely alive and not dead. I, I think there's probably a relationship here that uh, yes, dead people are not very quick. I mean, that wouldn't really work for chickens because, you know, they can be quick and... <laughs> anyway, okay, <laughs> staying on topic. By the way, if someone would like some chickens, my landlord has some that he's giving away. Oh, really? Yes. I would like some chickens. Uh, but these are not laying ones, they are eating ones. <laughs> oh, you just tried to give away chickens to eat on Radio Lyle? <laughs> we are going to be discussing this off air. <laughs> uh, dear. If you would like some pet chickens to care for and to love and to give chicken hugs to, then give us a call. Okay. If you're All a right. Chinese restaurant, do not call us. <laughs> <laughs> or KFC. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do support a plant-based, plant-based diet. We do, we do actually, yes. Mm-hmm. Did you actually see on the news that Harvard University released a study that one-third of all illnesses, all of them, every single, any kind of illness, one-third, can be cured through a plant-based diet? Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw that. That's just a sensational study, you know? Uh-huh. This is a great thing about being a Seventh-day Adventist. We've been saying that for the last 150 years. Glad to, good to see science catching up eventually. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> catching up with us. And, and, of course, this is what, you know, when you read in Genesis chapter 2, you know, Genesis 1 and 2, of course, um, the very first um, diet that was given to man was a plant-based diet. God knew what he was do- talking about. He knew what he was doing. Absolutely, yeah. No messing around. Okay, so where are we up to? The quick and the dead. Okay, we need to talk about the quick and the dead. I am getting distracted with uh, Bible trivia here this morning. Let's go to Romans chapter 6 and verse 5 and find out what happens to the dead in Christ when Jesus returns. Will they be quickened? Romans 6 and verse 5 says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Okay, so this this raises some interesting questions in my mind, particularly in the context of um, what we were studying yesterday, mm-hmm. how some people believe that the return of Jesus Christ is not a literal event, it's just a spiritual event. Mm-hmm. Well, if the return of Jesus Christ is just a spiritual event where it's the Holy Spirit coming to your heart, then what about all these verses that talk about the resurrection when Jesus comes back? Yeah. You know, this seems to me to be, you know, I read here in where we Romans 6 verse 5, it seems to me to be a very literal event that is being spoken of. And if there is no resurrection, the Bible says that we are miserable. Yeah, because we have no hope. What's the purpose? What's the point of Christianity without the resurrection? Hopelessness, I think, is one of the, one of the saddest, you know, I don't know how to call it a disease or a condition or what to call it. It's just such a sad because it, it's such an easy fix. You know, we do have this hope in Jesus. and uh, But if we don't, then we really are just completely hopeless. And that would imbue every part of your life. Yeah. Uh, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, mm-hmm. like we only have hope in Christ for this life, he says, we are of all men most miserable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I like the, uh, the that's good poetic uh, mm-hmm. language right there. Um, because, yeah, there's, there's just no hope. There's no point. You know, Christianity is all about eternal life and the promise of eternal life and the promise of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we read yesterday, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, which is highlighted again today, which the Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout 
with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words. You're listening to Faith FM Positively Different Radio So there's not a whole lot of comfort there if uh, there's no promise of the resurrection is there? No not at all. None whatsoever. And uh, how can you disbelieve in the resurrection if you believe in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? Mm-hmm. In fact, First Corinthians chapter 15, Paul has a whole sequence that deals with this. Let's, let's just head over here quickly and look at it because there was a group of people in the church in Corinth. Corinth was a wet, messed up church, you know. Yes, it was. They, they had some crazy... If you are going to a church and your church is messed up, like seriously messed up, then maybe you should read about the church in Corinth because this is probably one of the most messed up ones that I've ever come across. One of the things they were teaching was false doctrine. Oh, really? Yeah, they were teaching there was no such thing as the resurrection of the dead. Uh, Let me just see what it says here. Uh, Verse 12, Now if Christ is preached that he rose from the dead... How do some of them, some some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So he begins this little section here uh, by talking about um, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and in verse three, for I delivered unto you first of all how that how uh, which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and rose again the third day. So he begins this section by talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Then he brings in the evidence. Um, he says, and he was seen of Peter, and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of more than five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present time, but some have fallen asleep or died. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me, also as one born out of due time. So he he really makes an emphasis about the resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, okay, if Jesus rose from the dead, and and he brings in all this evidence, he's like, there's 500 people here, most of them still alive. You know, if you don't believe me, go and ask them. Mm. You know, it's not like it's not like that. Uh, this is a legend that is being developed, you know, hundreds of years after the time of Christ. This is this is uh, you know within forty years of the birth of Christ. This is very very soon after the death of Christ that this this book is being written. And it's like most of those people who saw Jesus, um, all five hundred of them, most of those people are still alive. It's astounding that in such. He's almost it's almost like he's laying down the challenge. Yeah. You know, go go go, ask. Go, go go ask. Yeah. Get yourself an eyewitness testimony. It's astounding that in such a short time they they could have messed up the doctrine so much. Oh, yeah. It's just bizarre, and uh, it tells you something about human nature and the danger that we are in mm-hmm. in in getting things wrong and, and, and messing up doctrine. And the intensity of the devil's hatred for yeah. Bible truth, that he yeah. would be already working so hard to deceive and to cloud and to yeah mess it up. Yeah. So within a very short period of time, you've got this, uh, this, this event taking place here, and he builds his whole argument um, and, and lays out all of, the, all of the evidence. This is not something that, you know, is a legend being written, you know, 300 years after the event. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there were 500 people back then who saw Jesus. No, it's like there's 500 people who saw Jesus and most of them are still alive, so go and ask them. Mm. You know, it'd be pretty easy to discredit Christi- the 
everything that there is to do with Christianity just by interviewing the survivors, you know, the surviving uh, members of that 500 and finding out, you know, did this happen or not? Imagine being able to go ask an eyewitness. It'd be so amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, although if they were still alive today, I'm sure they'd be stuck in a loony bin or something. No one would believe them. So, but yeah, it would be absolutely incredible. I can't wait to talk to them in heaven yeah. and get eyewitness accounts then too. Yep. Yeah. Of meeting with Jesus after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go down a few more verses here. Mon, why don't you read for us verse 42 to 44? In the same way with the resurrection of the dead, so it is the same way with the resurrection of the dead, our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. I'm so glad you read that one from a new translation. Oh, yeah? I was following you in a KJV here. It's got yeah, very poetic, you know. It <laughs> is on. sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Yeah. You've got to love that language, it's though, nice. don't you? It's, it's really nice. It's like, yeah, yours just says, oh, they were buried. Uh-huh, so I was uh-huh. like, yeah, no, we, we sowed them in the ground, just like seeds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we had context. Otherwise, I would have thought you were talking about the crafting night or something. <laughs> You're sowing machine out. <laughs> well, well, I was just thinking agriculture, you know, planting seeds. Uh-huh, you, uh-huh. you sow the seed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what, is, what are these passages, Mon? What are they telling you about uh, what talking about resurrection. Death? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean the resurrection of the, of the people who have chosen to be on the side of Jesus. And uh, it's beautiful promises. I, I, I'm actually, I was reading this. As I was reading this, I'm thinking to myself, I'm surprised I don't hear these verses more often at, at funerals. You know what? What? Next funeral, I'm going to use these verses. You should, because it's a beautiful promise. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it talks also about the new kind of body that we're going to receive. Mm-hmm. Now, mine says here a spiritual body. What does yours say? Uh, this one says, yeah, it also says a spiritual, spiritual body. Spiritual body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm. says uh, they are buried as natural human bodies, but they'll be raised as spiritual bodies. So I wonder how our spiritual body will differ from the body that we have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously he is the example of somebody who was raised from the dead um, as in, in a glorified spiritual body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still had his scars. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that we won't carry scars. Wait, hang on, does spiritual body mean like we're going to have some sort of like a floaty body or like, you know, like a, the kind of thing you see like on television, like a ghost and it floats and it walks through a wall? Is that what you mean by spiritual body? Okay, I don't know exactly what a spiritual body is like, mm-hmm. but I do know this, that Jesus, in his spiritual, resurrected, glorified body, sat amongst his disciples and they thought he was a ghost. He's like, no, come and touch me, feel me. Mm-hmm. Check out my, my wounds, my, my scars. Give me some food. I need to eat because I'm hungry. I haven't eaten anything you know, all weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, so very, very real body. But he did come, the Bible says, into the room, the doors being closed. Oh. So that makes you wonder, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and the Bible says, let me find this one. This is on Philippians. Goats eat paper. Continually Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Uh, where's Philippians? Here it is. Here it is. Chapter 3, verse 21, the Bible says, uh, verse 20, For our conversation is in heaven, from where also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, so, so Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall change our vile body, that it, may, that it may be made like his glorious body, 
according to the work whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So the Bible very clearly says that our body will be made like Jesus' body when we are resurrected. Mm. So we will, yeah, mm. it's interesting. What are the implications? Yeah, can we pass through a door or something like that? That's really cool. I mean, I do think yeah, from these verses we can definitely say that, you know, if we, let's say we're suffering from blindness or, you know, we have like a bung leg and we have stuck in a wheelchair, I do think that our bodies will be healed. I do believe that the only scars in heaven will be the ones on Jesus' head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the Bible says that Jesus will retain those scars. You'll find that in Zechariah chapter 13, I think it's verse 6 or thereabouts, um, that he will retain those scars. We certainly won't retain any scars. Um, the Bible says that we'll be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Mm. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So that's definitely something to look forward to, isn't it? In yeah, fact, absolutely. We, can, we can read those verses. Uh, where were we? We were back in First uh, Corinthians there, weren't we? Yeah. Because uh, it says, you know, 15. buried in weakness but raised in strength. I think that's, you know, a good promise. Yeah. And I think all of us here have a little bit of a list. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. we've all got a little bit of a list. Like, I'd like to change this. I'd uh-huh. like to change this. Uh-huh. This is the ultimate, uh, yeah. what do you call it, makeover right here? Yeah, yeah. Extreme makeovers. No, there's extreme makeover without without any plastic being involved Uh whatsoever uh at all. It's going to be all you, but all you in perfection. I think we sort of think, you know, like, I mean, someone like me automatically thinks something superficial, like, oh, I won't have any more pimples and I won't have, like, a little bit of extra fat around my butt or something like that. But then you think about people who, you know, bodies have really been mangled up, you know, in in war and and accidents. And And this will be incredibly special for them right here. Yeah, one to really hang on to and look forward to for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amazing just a fantastic promise okay so um, let's read these promises down here in uh, verse 53 through 55 53 for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies then with our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die this scripture will be fulfilled Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting?
me Familiar with all my ways You have laid your hand upon me This knowledge I can't attain And Mon, you just read those amazing verses to us from the Bible. Mm. Do you want me to continue or read them again? Yeah, why not? Okay, so it was uh, 54 to 58 uh, of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Mm-hmm. Isn't that lovely? That's just awesome passage right there. And I love that, um, that, that portion where it says, you know, oh, death, where is your sting? Yeah, absolutely. Because right now, death has a very nasty sting. It does. Um, while I was in the States, my, um, my father-in-law, his sister passed away. It was very, Aww. very sad. Yeah. And uh, death certainly has a sting, but there's coming a time when it will no longer have a sting. I I actually never heard that verse before. Um, Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I I I had never heard that before. There you go. Yeah, I always just focused on the you know the death being um, you know uh, defeated part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful to think about that too. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Um, now here's an interesting thought mm-hmm. When I was in the States We were having morning worship one morning And we were having a discussion over Whether we will look like we look like right now When we get to heaven Or how much we will look like we look right right now I've been asked this so many times When I've given Bible studies to people For some for some reason people get worried They're like But if I get a new body Will my family and friends recognize me in heaven? <laughs> it's actually a really cute sweet question But I, I have surprisingly got it a lot there you go. So yeah. we, had, we had a very significant, and, and there was, there was even some, there was even let me say some heat in the discussion. Yeah, because there was some opposing views. Uh huh. So, seeing as you have been a Bible worker and have been asked this question many times, <laughs> what is the answer? Now I do remember uh, one time. Um, you took me to the verse about seeing through uh, a mirror darkly, but. I think I, I took you that verse. Yeah, you took me to that verse, hmm. and uh, the first time you helped me answer that question. And um, but the thing is, I I try and talk to the person and tell them, does it? Oh, yeah, that is the verse. Yeah, that is the verse. But that's not the part of the verse that I usually talk about. Yeah, I it still confuses me a little bit. But for me, I'm like, like it's almost. Like, I don't want to say who cares, but for me, it's like you're in heaven. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. The least of your worries. <laughs> Like it's going to be so fantastic. Why? Why would you let that impinge upon your joy at looking forward to heaven? I think whatever it is that does actually happen there, God's going to sort it out. Like, don't stress about Absolutely. that. So the verse that you were just referring to mm-hmm. it says, "For now we see through a glass darkly, mm-hmm. but then face to face." Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And the, person, the part of that that I like right there is that I will know each other people mm-hmm. even as I am known. And how, how do we know each other? We know each other by recognizing yep. each other. And so we'll be able to recognize each other in heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, the, um, the, the other point, part of this whole equation is this, is that God created you because he wants to spend eternity with you. Mm-hmm. And he created you as a beautiful and an amazing, uh, incredible person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, certainly for each one of us, you know, our beauty and so forth, um, or handsomeness, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Men don't really like to be told they're beautiful. Um, <laughs> attractiveness. But our attractiveness mm-hmm. has been marred by sin. Yeah. 
You know, uh-huh. we've, we've got we've got scars, we've got the effects of disease, we've got the effects of age, all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And that won't exist in heaven. Yeah. That's gone forever. Mm-hmm. But God still created you as an individual, and in your perfection you are a perfect individual, perfectly beautiful, perfectly amazing, perfectly handsome, perfectly attractive, um, and somebody that God wants to spend eternity with. So why would he change you to the point that you could no longer be recognized? Yeah. That would yeah. kind of defeat the purpose of creating you in the way that you are right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You might have a few touch-ups, but... Yeah, oh, oh. And, and, and the this- Bible is very clear about that. And, you know, with that passage we read mm-hmm. in First Corinthians there, you know, when the, the, the last trump, um, the trumpet shall sound and we shall be changed in a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, mm. but I mean, I would, I would liken it to sim- similarly, you know, here on Earth, um, when someone puts on makeup or gets some plastic surgery, you still recognise them. You, you're like, oh, you, yeah. you, you've had a haircut, or oh, your nose is, I don't know, straighter or something. You know, you still recognise them, and I, I think, you know, God's touch-ups, they'll be perfection, but still recognisable. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, maybe you can make it a little of a wish list and just yeah. uh, write that <laughs> yeah. down there and say, okay, in heaven, I want this taken care of and this and this and this and this and, this. <laughs> and I'll be perfectly happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we up to? Let's go to John chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Let's John. Let's the story of Lazarus. Story of Lazarus is a great story. So Lazarus got sick, mm-hmm. and Jesus was um, a long way away. So they sent messages to Jesus and like, "Hey, one of your best friends is not well. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you come and heal him?" And Jesus did nothing. It doesn't sound very good. No. And then Lazarus died. Why don't you read for us um, John chapter eleven and verse twenty-five? Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Okay, so this is what happens is that Jesus eventually travels back there and Lazarus has been dead for four days by the time he gets there Mm -hmm. and Martha comes to meet him. Mm -hmm. And this is what he tells Martha. Do you think that was encouraging for Martha? I think it might have been a little bit confusing for her. Right? Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, I'm, I don't know that she's ever really thought of maybe the concept that people could live after they've died. I mean, I'm thinking that because of what her response is, which I have read before. And, um, you know, for someone to come up to you and say, I am the resurrection and the life, and you've never heard that before, you'd be like, huh? Read the response real quick. She, she says, uh, yes, Lord, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Actually, uh, let me just flick over there very quick. There's another verse that I want to draw out of this because Martha actually um, confesses that I know he will raise again in the last day. That must be just a few verses before that. Mm. And but she does she does actually protest. She said, you know, when when Jesus says to roll the, the tomb stone away, she says, "Lord, has been buried for four days. The smell will be terrible." Oh yeah, which is like a, a bit of a, a bit of doubt creeping in there. That's right. Uh, oh, why am I, Luke? Keep going to the wrong book here. I went to Luke chapter 11. Then you go to John chapter 11. That jet lag. That jet lag. Yeah, that jet lag is definitely catching up with me today. I am I am feeling it right now. Um, Martha said in verse 24, or Jesus said in verse 23, your brother will rise again. Martha says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Martha believed in the resurrection and believed that he would come back to life in the resurrection 
at the last day. Mm-hmm. But that's a little bit, uh, it's a great promise. But when your brother's just died and Jesus could have been there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, because Jesus comes along and it's like, oh, well, Lord, why weren't you here? And it's like, hey, your brother will rise again. You could have prevented it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, at the last day, you know, not no, today. Yeah, now I have to live my whole life without him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, 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 and Jesus says, don't worry about that. I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, I'm the one who will raise people in the last day. And if I can raise people in the last day, I can do it right now. And then he walks up to the tomb and he does it right there mm. and proves it. And uh, what a great testimony that is to the power of God. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all He chosen seed of Israel's race He ransomed from the fall Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. You are Lord of all. On this terrestrial ball To him all majesty ascribe And crown him Lord of all To him all majesty ascribe And crown him Lord of Show bits you may have missed. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. And once again, joining us in the studio is John Bradshaw from the United States, who sounds nothing like an American. But I called the passport office in New Zealand a couple of days ago. The lady said, Do you travel on an American passport? I said, No. And then she said, well, you have such a strong American accent. And yeah, no way. No, really. It, it was quite the thing. And, uh, and then two days later, a dear old lady said, you've lived in the United States for 25 years? Well, God bless you. You don't have an American accent. You still sound like such a Kiwi. So I don't know, man. Right. It's so, in the so, ear so, of so the how, many, how, how many passports do you have now? 
Uh, Last time I checked, there was New Zealand, Ireland, Irish. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm actually getting the kind folks. Well, yes, and maybe another New Zealand one. Oh, okay. It's because I'm traveling to the Middle East and I'm going from one country to another where they won't let you in if you have this country stamp. And so it seems the government of New Zealand are going to facilitate me a second passport yeah, to help yeah. me out. A few of us have um, had that challenge. So, yeah. It, uh, yeah, all kinds of fun traveling through the Middle East, but uh, great part of the world to go to, full of the most generous people that you will ever come across. Yeah, absolutely, and good food. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Now, John, um, we had you on yesterday. We were talking about um, programs that you're promoting and working with, doing training for, so for uh, here in the Newcastle region with Proclaim 2019. But today, I wanted to take a little bit of a different tack and find out, you know, just exactly who is um, who is John Bradshaw? Who are you? Where did you come from? How did you come to God? And how did you end up, you know, being a part of this It Is Written TV um, broadcast that you are doing these days it seems you've had quite a journey yeah i have i was raised in a home in a little town in new zealand uh religious home well my mum never ever went to church my dad did every single week and he took us kids along with him and and that was fine with me i love church i loved my church i i i was very happy to be a believer i believed in god with all my heart i mean i didn't didn't live like i did but but that was pretty common for people uh, who went to church where I went to church. But over time, I just started to see some cracks, like probably 99% of people listening right now at some stage looked at their faith and said, wait a minute, this doesn't seem to add up. What most people do is they end up shrugging their shoulders and saying, it doesn't make a lot of sense, I'll just move on. Or they'll talk to the pastor or the priest or whoever and get some pat answer and say, ah, whatever. Or, or just drift away. They say, I'm seeing too many inconsistencies in what I'm hearing at church. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It's not relevant to my life. And they'll drift away and they'll say, oh, yes, I'm a Catholic or, oh, yes, I'm a Methodist or, oh, yes, I'm whatever. But I just don't practice and uh, it's a bunch of rubbish. And, and that's just tragic, you know. Mm-hmm. And there are lots and lots and lots and lots of people in that situation who would identify. They'd say, and today what's common is people say, I'm a believer, but I just don't go to church or I'm spiritual. I just don't attend a church. You know, if you drill down very far into that, it doesn't make a, I mean, with respect, there are probably more uh, sensible statements to make. So anyhow, I was in in a church and I wasn't, the dots weren't connecting and and I was just a kid, you know, and I, I was looking for answers and wasn't finding them. And what do you do when you're a kid anyway? So it was later on when I became a young adult that I really started to say, hey, this isn't making sense. And as a matter of fact, I was walking uh, 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 a deserted street Sunday morning, a Sunday morning street in the city of Limerick in Ireland, and I was there because researching you've got my some, family you've got tree. Because you've some Irish background, right? Yeah, yeah, plenty of it. That's we, right. We mentioned your Irish passport. Yeah, proud passport-carrying Irish citizen. Um, I mean, not, I mean, yes, well, yes, proudish, very proud. Extremely proud. So I'm walking. <laughs> you saw? <laughs> I had to think that through. But no, absolutely. My grandmother was born there, and... Uh, just love the place. Such a fantastic place. So I'm walking this, this deserted Limerick street and I stopped and I looked up to heaven, looked up into the sky, a, a steel gray overcast January sky. And I, I actually pointed towards the heaven, you know, hmm. and I said out loud, I said, I am not going back to church until you show me the truth. 
No, you know, the yep. thing is, you've got to be careful if you pray a prayer like that, because God will call you bluff. Mm-hmm. And he did. Mm-hmm. Very shortly after that, long story short, but a book arrived in the mail from a, a, a family member, my brother. And uh, and it was an interesting book, a spiritual book based on the Bible, uh, talking a lot about prophecy and, and end times and so forth. It wasn't the least bit cranky. It was solid. It was it was academically uh, uh, viable. And it just answered a lot of questions. But rather than the, the, the dots over the T, uh, dots of dots over the T or the crosses over the I, uh, rather than those details, it really spoke about my need to, to take God seriously and to let God into my life. To be a, to be a Christian really, not just, uh, in, in word, not just in profession. My life changed. Okay. So John, you and I go back a few years. And, uh, if I remember correctly, that book was called The Great Controversy. No book like it. And. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so you've got this book. It has um, answered a lot of your questions yeah, for has. you, painted a big picture of what is taking place in the world. That's right. This is why you're still in Ireland? I was in England. Okay. Yeah. I, yep. I, I did the Kiwi thing and, and, and trekked from New Zealand to England. Bit, what, what is it with Kiwis and, and, and Great Britain? But, well, I mean, it's just this, 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 this whole trek that goes across well, there. Well, not just Kiwis, you know, South, South Africans and, and Australians, lots of Aussies over there as well. But it, it just became kind of the tradition, I think, because you're at the bottom of the world. And, and it's your one big chance to splurge. You go live in London. It's kind of the heart of of London <laughs> and, and, and you <laughs> save money and, and spend it drinking booze and, and, and traveling, you know, it's, it's just what you do. And you, and you know, Kiwis, like a lot of Aussies are very, very, very well traveled. And so I was on my way to, to England to drink beer and, and travel and uh, God intervened. Interesting. The beer didn't last too terribly long. I lived 81 steps from my local pub. I knew cause I counted them. It was like 81 steps to the pub and 217 steps home. Uh, most nights, <laughs> but oh, the beer t- took a toll. I just couldn't drink anymore, and and God was setting me up because right around that time it was, hey man, it's time for you to get your life right, or at least turn your life over to God. So a lot of that stuff just disappeared because it was killing me anyway, and uh, I had Praise to make God. some decisions, and and the decision was the decision was this: the decision wasn't do I do I suddenly become a good boy and stop being a bad boy? You'll lose that one every time. The decision was should I let God into my life? And if I do, what's that going to look like? Well, let's turn it over to God and find out. And so I did. I, I The day after I was baptized, I traveled from England and went to New Zealand briefly, came to Australia, and I worked in uh, Sydney for about a year and a half. And uh, all of that was just preparation for what was about to take place. I then ended up traveling some more and fell into ministry. And and that's where you and I bumped into each other, what, for a year or so? A couple of years. Um, studying over in Virginia. That's right. And, uh, yeah, had some great experiences there, some great adventures. I was at Lyle's wedding. It, John was at my wedding, I was actually. at his first wedding. Okay, as you've only been married once, I don't. I don't no, so. you weren't. You were at my second wedding. Well, this is a technicality. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was at John my was second at, wedding. John was at my second wedding, but not the third or the first. That's right. So, so there's a little bit of story behind. I, I probably should share a little bit of the background behind that. Well, you enjoy you enjoyed marrying Michelle so much, you married her twice, three times. 
three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I married married my married with the same woman three times. You wanted to make sure the knot was securely tied. Can help me if I ever want to get a divorce? No, no, no. You have to get three <laughs> no. of them. No, well That's why we're still together. No, that's Lyle right. married up. The world knows it. He married way up. Okay, so what happened? Just to explain what happened, we got married in the United States, and I came up with this scheme that it would be a whole lot easier back in the day to get Shell's residency sorted if we were already married. So we went down to the courthouse and got married um, long before... Uh, um, the actual wedding date. We got a legal wedding, and, and, and then got the guy at the courthouse just to sign the immigration papers, you know, yeah. as you as you do. And he's like, "Yeah, visa wedding." But anyway, <laughs> so that was the first wedding. Uh, John attended my second wedding. John actually conducted our second wedding, so he married us. That's right. And then, of course, we went back to Tasmania, where I come from, the Promised Land, of course. Uh, Wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. I don't, uh, even, I don't even think Tasmanians think it's the promised land, do they? <laughs> so we went back to the promised land where my family is and had our third wedding down there. Well played. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a lot of weddings. When you, find, when you find the right girl, just marry her three times, problem solved. There you go. Yeah. Well done. Okay, so we bumped into each other and then we, we, we headed separate ways. Yeah. Um, you went into public evangelism in the States. I went into public evangelism here in Australia. Mm-hmm. So we do have a few things in common there. And you ended up working with uh, in the in media and in, in it is written television. How did you how did you come to be working with uh, television? Mate, I think they were just out of options. I think is what happened. The guy the guy who had been doing the job ahead of me left not not for any bad reasons. He he moved on to other things. And I was driving uh, down a street one day and I got a phone call and someone said, "What do you think about taking on this job?" And it is written. And I didn't quite know what to say, but honestly, well, my boss at the time, the church administrator who was, you know, administered the pastors, he said, yeah, I think you ought to do it. And the the church leadership said, yeah, we think you ought to do it. So when your boss and your church both tell you you need to leave, then you take it seriously. (laughs) That's the unsubtle way of putting it. And so, yeah, all all of a sudden it made a whole lot of sense. All those years working in media just sort of were in actual preparation for something. Mm -hmm. And it's a great deal of fun where we, we... produce a lot of TV programs and we travel on the road and hold a series of meetings and we produce resources and do a lot of training and so on. So yeah, it's, it's and cool. this is a big ministry these yeah. days. I mean, do you have any idea the size of the reach that it is written has today? No, it's global. You know, we, we know that. We know that our programs are seen in, well, with technology today, basically every country in the world. We have a very large Spanish language ministry. It's, it's massive. Its programs are shown in 136 different countries. Our English language programs, we, what people contact us from around the world. So it's, it's fun, you know, to know that you can, you can connect with people. It's also a little bit daunting if you stop and think about it, but right around the world, people contact us from Iran. I have been searching from Scandinavia and all over Africa and Asia and so forth. And we get a lot of Kiwis and Aussies getting in touch. So yeah, that's, fantastic. That's good fun. Yeah. And how do Americans respond to having a Kiwi running a, a, a TV show in their country? You know, the United States is so multicultural and you get Middle Easterners and you get Poms and you get whoever else running TV programs. So it's all in a day's work. Yeah. The United States is very, very diverse. No one. Much like Australia. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And I, I I, think it took me a while to get the accent thing figured out. As you can tell, I've got a good American accent now. No. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. No, you've got, a, you've got a great Australian accent, John. Honestly, I sound more Australian than New Zealand. Did New Zealanders ever give you a hard time over that? No, but the truth is the classic New Zealand accent sounds pretty dumb. 
<laughs> it's just true. Okay, and you can get away with that because... Because I'm in Australia. Our, broad, our, our broadcast, our network doesn't reach New Zealand, but we will make a podcast out of this, and we will send it to New Zealand, <laughs> and that will be the last time that John ever preaches in New Zealand. But there, are, there aren't many New Zealanders who would disagree, man. You get that, that real flat New Zealand accent. Oh, it's a, it's a beauty. Right now, we do need to move on with a show. about the second coming of Jesus and we've been talking particularly today about you know um, who we're going to be and how this whole resurrection thing is going to happen and the new bodies that we get and, um, and it, which is a great study it's just a it's a it's a hope filled uh, encouraging study to think about you know not just oh when we die it's not the end but actually think what happens after the end uh-huh. and um but of course, the questions have now been asked. When is the resurrection? You know, can we stop? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when yeah, is it happening? There's a few people out there that have uh, <laughs> they we, want their list fulfilled a little bit sooner yeah. rather than later. I take can it. Can we fast forward to the ending, please? <laughs> <laughs> Skip all the stuff. <laughs> Paul said this, and he wrote this uh, just days, maybe even hours before he was executed for his faith. Oh wow! And this is what he said. Uh, this is Second Timothy chapter four. He says, for I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He's about to be executed. Mm-hmm. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. 
Henceforth, or from this point forward, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all those also that love his appearing. Okay, so now if Paul had stopped short and not included that last sentence, Mm. if he had just said, you know, the Lord, the righteous judge will give me at that day, then we would assume, oh, the day that he is executed. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't stop right there. He clarifies what day it is by saying, and not not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. And so we've got two two points here that we need to, to draw out. First point is that everybody receives their reward of a crown of righteousness, a robe of righteousness, um, a new body, etc., on the same day. We, re- we You will receive yours, Mon, mm-hmm. and I will receive mine mm-hmm. on the same day that Paul does. And then Paul further clarifies it by saying that that is the day that Jesus will appear. So the resurrection will take place on the day that Jesus appears. And the change will take place on that day as well. And we looked at it yesterday at the uh, at when Jesus was returning, and, and you know we learned that no one knows the time or the hour of, of his appearing. So no, it's coming surprise. We just got to get ready because it's soon, and stay ready all the time. Mm-hmm. Live your life ready for the return of Christ. You never know when that event will take place. There's another passage in uh, John chapter six that speaks about this. Uh, where are we? John chapter six is it, or John chapter five? John chapter five. Here we go. Uh, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Notice there's one hour when everybody hears his voice and shall come forth. Those that have done good to the resurrection of life and those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. The Bible says that we are in the graves, or the dead are in the graves, until Jesus appears and the resurrection of life takes place. And so this is the return of Christ. Uh, Of course, it's not going to be too far away. We know that because of the signs of the time. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home. My Lord and be free No more weeping No more weeping No more weeping over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free
Welcome back, everybody. You listen to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And as we come to the end of this best ofs show, uh, Lawson, are we here or are we not here? I don't know where we are. You, yeah. This is, this is not uncommon for you, Lawson. I'm just, I'm just so distressed. I'm just freaking out. Because <laughs> our show's just in limbo. Is in limbo. Like, okay, so we're in limbo. going on? And so we need your help. Okay, we do indeed. Uh, so here's the scoop. Uh, the breakfast show is going to the new governing board where it's going to be discussed on the 29th of October. And with a new chairman, new board, um, who knows what will happen. But what we would like you to do is, hey, give us your support. Uh, shoot us a message. What are those numbers there again, Lawson? 1-800-324-843 if you want to call us and tell us how much you love us. And 0491-064-669 if you want to text us and tell us how much you love us. Or you could just uh, call in and text how much you just, just love Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know just, I wouldn't, just, I wouldn't just, mind. That would make me feel better. <laughs> poor all the... Poor all the <laughs> you feel a bit bad here today, Lawson. Put a bit down. <laughs> yeah. Need help. Uh, we love you guys. We enjoy our time. We you every morning and may your time here on faith fm be blessed as you go throughout the day and don't forget whatever happens after the 29th there is going to be awesome breakfast programming Mm. whatever it is so so stay tuned to positively different radio in the morning faith fm Sweet. 